Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. And not just any experts, specialised experts. Real people who love this stuff, with real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder or step out in that streetwear, you'll realise that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash BOF, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash BOF to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash BOF. This episode is brought to you by Affirm. Affirm's pay over time solutions help brands drive conversion, average order value, and loyalty while acquiring new high lifetime value shoppers. Learn more at affirm.com. 
you don't want to be sitting next to someone that just shares your ideas and who you know. You want to bring people together who have different ideas and different perspectives and see how that can all come together. And that's really something I'm hoping to do at Harper's Bazaar. We talked earlier about gatekeepers and influencing gatekeepers. How do we influence those individuals who still want to maintain a sense of what the status quo is? You've already won. I'm not worried about those gatekeepers. I'm not going to worry about the person down the block who refuses to be an agent of change. That's cool. You can, history will be fine with you. Not. I'm going to worry about, you know, the, the people that I can bring on board and the change that I can affect. Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of the Business of Fashion, and welcome to the BOF podcast. This week, we take you back to Voices 2020, where Samira Nasser, the new editor-in-chief of American Harper's Bazaar, and Sinead Burke, the industry's leading disability advocate, engaged in a passionate and emotional conversation about true inclusion in our industry. So here's Sinead Burke and Samira Nasser at Voices 2020. This has been a year of firsts for women in leadership roles. Most recently, the election of Kamala Harris as vice president-elect of the United States. And our industry has had some long overdue firsts as well. Samira Nasser is the new editor-in-chief of American Harper's Bazaar, the first black woman to helm one of the most industry's important media titles. And Sinead Burke, who made her fashion industry debut at Voices 2017, is now the industry's leading disability advocate. Now I'm delighted to welcome Samira Nasser in New York in conversation with Sinead Burke, who joins us from the little town in Navan. Did I say that right, Sinead? <laughs> Navan, but close enough, Navin, Imran. You're Navin. welcome here at any time. <laughs> in County Meath in Ireland. Over to you, Sinead. Thank you so much, Imran. I feel incredibly honoured to be sitting across digitally from Samira Nasser. I can remember viscerally the first time we met. It was in New York in the Cooper Hewitt Museum of Design. We were both presenting awards to extraordinary people. Samira to Amy Sherald, the incredible artist, and I was presenting an award to Open Style Lab. I felt thrilled to be there. But more than anything, I wanted to go and say hello to Samira, to just occupy her space for a moment and tell her how much I admired her. She was busy conversing with somebody incredibly important and I tugged on the sleeve of her jacket and I said, hello, you don't know who I am, but I think you're extraordinary. She responded with such kindness and humility and I feel very honoured to call her a friend and a mentor and somebody I admire ever since. In thinking about firsts, Imran, as you mentioned at the beginning, Samira now occupies a position that she is so deserving of, but is also a leader in an incredible industry. With people like Jacinda Ardern and Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, we are creating a new definition of leadership, one that is not so masculine, one that is not so authoritative, one that is rooted in creativity, empathy, and vulnerability. And I feel so very humbled to be facilitating this conversation with Samira today. Samira, how are you? I'm well. I'm so happy to see you and I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Um, thank you for having me. This is a joy. Samira, I describe you in my mind as lots uh. of different things, but I'm really interested. How do you describe yourself personally and professionally? 
Um, okay. Uh, personally, uh, mother. Uh, I am loyal. I am shy. I um, believe in leaving things better than you find them. Um, I cherish my family and my friends. I love pretty things. Um, professionally, I would describe myself, um, I started as an intern, so I think I carry that mentality with me. Um, I'm ambitious. I'm hardworking. I'm curious. I'm also very loyal. Um, I believe that hard work and humility pay off. I thrive in teamwork and I consider myself very lucky. I think luck is that combination of hard work and opportunity. And often those of us who are minority voices in some way give luck a currency that it doesn't often deserve. So it is relevant to. I'm really interested that you describe yourself as a curious person. How do you harness and harvest your curiosity almost day to day? Um, I'm quiet. If I'm in a room with people, I'm generally very quiet. Um, and that's not because I don't have anything to add to a conversation, but it's because um, I just like to be a sponge and absorb. And I think that's my curiosity. I like to explore. I like to get lost in daydreams. I like to read. Um, I love knowing uh, that I'm around people who know more than I do. You know, I'm, I'm always curious to learn. I think I'm, I, I will be a student for life. I remember being in the classroom and I remember a student raising their hand and asking me a question about something that was relevant to the curriculum, but I didn't know the answer. And I said it. I said, I don't know. And they looked at me really strangely. and said, what do you mean you don't know? You're the teacher. And I was like, yes, just because I'm a teacher doesn't mean I have all of the answers. And they said, but you're an adult. And I think when we think about people in leadership positions, we assume that they are all knowing, which is probably the rationale as to why we are in some of the challenging situations in which we are in now. And I love the idea that you're constantly curious and surrounding yourself with people who know more about different things than you do. But Samira, when you were younger, what did you dream of doing or being? The, I mean, I, I knew I wanted to be a mom. Um, I didn't really dream of a career until my university. I've always worked. I mean, I remember asking my dad, like, how old do you have to be to be, get a job? And he said 16. And so I was like, cool. I can babysit before then. And then when I was 16, I went and got my first job in a store. I've always loved fashion. I've always had my head in a magazine. Um, so, you know, I, I didn't really dream of a career. And, and as I discovered magazines, for me, it was like an escape. But I still didn't understand that that could be a job. Like you could actually, like there was someone creating that. I understood photographers and writers, but the idea of like an editor or a stylist or a creative director or even a photo or all the, all the people that come together to make magazines. Like I, I, that, that to me, I had no idea. I had no idea to dream about something like that because I just didn't, didn't know it existed. Was that because of representation or a lack of visibility? I think it's just um, information, you know, I, 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 you know, certainly if I think of myself in this role, if you had said to me, do you think one day, you know, when I understood what the role of editor-in-chief was, if you had said to me, do you think you'll be editor-in-chief of Harper's Bazaar one day, I would have said, 
Sinead, I love you, but that's not, it's not for me. And I think that's, you know, a lot to do with the fact that I've never seen anyone who looks like me in this role. Um, and I think that I'm certainly not the first to be uh, qualified for this job, you know, to look like me. And so that's why I would have never imagined that I would be the first to be um, appointed in this role. Knowing that, mm -hmm. how did you come to bring yourself to apply for the role? I, I got a call um, from my now boss, who is a really wonderful woman, but I thought, why is she calling me? And then I thought, oh, here we go. Like, I'll just keep showing up for these interviews and these meetings, but it's just not going to be me. And, but I kept putting one foot in front of the other. And actually I did it because I really enjoyed my conversations with her. And I really thought, wow, this is someone I could learn from. Um, and I remember after our first conversation, I said, if this doesn't go anywhere, because I was pretty sure it wasn't going to go anywhere, can we just be in touch? Because I just thought, wow, she could really be a great mentor for me. And I just kind of followed the path and, and here I am. <laughs> and in terms of, you know, you said you always want to leave places in a better position than when they start or when they came into yeah. contact with you. Yes. And you're four and a half months into Harper's Bazaar. So I'm not asking you where and how you want to leave the magazine, but what's the impact that you want to have there? I mean, you know, I think, gosh, the metrics for my success are, you know, and, and for your success, for all of our success, there, there are different metrics, right? Like there's the business side and meeting those metrics. There's the, the, the measure within our community and, and within our community who we feel like we're, you know, who thinks we're doing a good job. But, um, but there's also the idea of who I can inspire along the way, not only in terms of um, people who check the box, other thinking, wow, I, I could do that. I'm interested in that, but also the people who are the ones, um, sort of the gatekeepers, you know, inspiring them to take chances on people who check that other box. So I think, you know, for me, the impact that I'd love to leave on this role is I, you know, I've, my predecessor um, had her signature and she, she created this incredible uh, chapter in this brand's legacy. She was very effective. And I hope that I could live up to that. I hope that I could um, bring myself to this. I hope I can, um, I hope to see more humanity in the pages of Harper's Bazaar. I hope to bring, um, I don't want to use the word diversity. I, I just you know, my world is very colorful. I just, you know, my mother's from Trinidad, my father's from Lebanon, my stepfather's from China. My friends are, you know, from all places uh, around the globe. That's kind of the world that I live in. And so I just want to bring that to the work that I do. I, you know, I, I always think that <clears throat> uh, the best dinner parties are the ones, you know, with more, the, like more, difference you know like you don't want to be sitting next to someone that just shares your ideas and who you know you want to bring people together who have different ideas and different perspectives and see how that can all come together and that's really something I'm hoping to do at Harper's Bazaar. I think we need to reflect the wealth of diversity that exists mm -hmm. in the people who read our magazines or who haven't yet discovered magazines are a place for them and we need to do that both as you said in the humanity and the 
human experience that we share in the pages and in the teams that we build. And I think diversity has become a term that has gathered currency, particularly in recent times. And then we have tried to evolve and create new language because often the interpretation of diversity is one of tokenism rather than systemic change. So I think we're trying to create this new lexicon in a space where all we want is representation that moves beyond visibility while still acknowledges the importance of visibility, but that there is equitable opportunities that, my goodness, isn't it so brilliant and so right, Samira, that you are in this role? Because that's not about diversity, but it's about acknowledging the best people with the best perspectives who need to sit in these big offices rightly to shape the next direction as we move forward in publishing. I mean, I always think that the only criteria uh, for admittance should just be, um, you know, a commitment to hard work and curiosity, right? Like that, that should just be it. Um, and, and I think that, you know, ultimately we use the word diversity because we haven't found another word, but, you know, any kind of otherness, if anyone's ever experienced otherness, that's your superpower. That is your superpower. And that should be welcomed. You know, we should be able to bring our full selves into these roles because those superpowers um, can only benefit um, creative teams, corporations. You know, it, these are our strengths. And, um, and there's so much for our community to mine um, from admitting more people and, and sharing, um, inviting more people in to our community. It offers a whole new perspective and it's one that's been missing and it's really yeah. important. And in yeah. thinking about that, you know, in your first year of being editor in chief of the magazine, what do you want to accomplish? What do you want to do? How do you make this notion of bringing humanity to Harper's Bazaar? How do you make that real? I mean, you know, listen, I am just finding my way. I'm, I, you know, I, I am giving myself self space to um, try and fail trying to follow my instincts, um, bringing in people on my team. You know, I get to hire people. So I get to hire people who have other perspectives and strengths that I don't have um, and be able to learn from them and let them guide me where I don't know. Um, so I guess in my first year, I'm just hoping to uh, find my voice in this role um, and try things really and build my team. And in thinking about that, building of your team? What are yeah. you looking for in colleagues? Um, gosh, I'm looking for people who know more than I do in areas that I'm interested in that I think are relevant to our reader. Um, I, you know, when I met um, my features director, Caitlin Greenidge, um, she's a brilliant writer. And when we had our, our first meeting, I said to her, you know, what stories move you? Like, you know, and she said, um, or what characters move you? What types of characters move you? And she said, I love characters with jagged edges. And I thought, oh, we're done here. We're good. Like, you're my, you're my girl. Cause, because that was the thing for me. Like, I, I don't want that idea of, of perfection. And, you know, she is a brilliant writer. She knows that community. I don't know that community, but there was a common thread you know, I, I also respond to imperfection and celebrating that because I believe that those are superpowers. And so in my tenure here, if I can communicate that to our readers and share that with our readers um, and our community at Harper's Bazaar, then that would be another success. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. And not just any experts. Specialised experts. Real people who love this stuff, with real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, Swing that handbag over your shoulder or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef-grade range recently and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off-limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. We talked earlier about gatekeepers and influencing gatekeepers. And whilst people like you and I get to hold positions of influence within an industry now, there are still other individuals that we have to influence. And that sounds like a bizarre concept, particularly in this moment with all that has happened this year, especially in the US. But how do we influence those individuals who still want to maintain a sense of what the status quo is? I really, I don't know if this is, I really believe you just put your head down and do the work, Sinead. I believe just by being here, we are being, we are part of a shift. I believe that progress does not happen overnight. I believe it's slow. I believe in slow and steady wins the race. And um, I don't, yeah, I think we've already, we've already won. 
I'm not worried about those gatekeepers, right? Because you and your role, you are affecting change and you get to make decisions. Similarly, in my role, I'm not going to worry about the person down the block who refuses to be an agent of change. That's cool. You can, history will be fine with you. Not. I'm going to worry about, you know, the, the people that I can bring on board and the change that I can affect. Um, I, I, I think we, you know, there's this, this, uh, expectation that this has to be immediate, you know, that we're in this moment, we're in this cultural reckoning and we have to address it now. There are certain things that we can do now and we can be effective at, but, but you're here and I'm here. We're at business of fashion voices. I mean, this is wild. Like, you know, this is incredible. So I feel like just lead by example, put your head down, do the work and, um, and show people. The pandemic has, I think, taught many of us lots of things. Uh, yeah. For me, it's given me uh, an opportunity to reconfigure my compass, particularly mm-hmm. when I think about work. You yeah. know, Imran opened this session by quoting the extraordinary Kamala Harris. I've been really fortunate that I've managed to move myself from an industry of education and advocacy to positioning myself really deliberately in fashion. I've been yeah. fortunate that I have been welcomed despite nudging those doors open myself. But this year has really caused me to ask has the industry changed or has the industry just changed for me? What is measurably different since that talk that I got to give in 2017? Great, maybe there is more awareness, but change is not good enough if it is only just change for me. And really I've begun to kind of measure and try to create a process where that systemic change happens because it's so easy in some ways to be conditioned by the rhetoric of change, if that makes sense that when you then move into a position of influence that I have, that you have, we unintentionally then become gatekeepers to others, gatekeepers to people who I am much more privileged than them. And I wonder what's, what do you think is the way in which we can guard ourselves to ensure that we don't become conditioned by the system? I mean, I just, I just don't think that's in your DNA. And I just don't, I know that that's not in mine. I, I really, I, I trust that, um, you know, I was raised a certain way. I carry that with me every day. It's not like, oh, I'm in the door and I close the door now. Like, that's just not how I've ever operated. So I don't, you know, I think you should give yourself more credit. Um, and I certainly trust that, you know, I'm aware that whenever I <clears throat> had the opportunity to welcome someone in, I have. I've always worked to um, bring people on board and invite people in. And I just, I don't, it's not, that's, that's, that's who I am, that's who you are, you know? And I, I do think it's healthy though, and it's important and you raise an important point. I think it's really healthy to reflect on our success and how have we been able to impact people? How, who have we been able to help? Um, that that's important, but I don't, I don't feel this weight of like, let me count the numbers and let me make sure that I'm held accountable because I think that's just, that's who we are. That's who we, that's how it becomes mechanical, but it has to be a deliberate act, that piece of inclusion. It's not something that just happens automatically. Samira, we are coming really close to time, but I wanted to ask you one final question. We are in a pandemic in the hope that a vaccination might be coming soon. You are editor in chief of Harper's Bazaar. What gives you hope? This conversation my son, uh, 
I just think this time has taught us how to be so nimble. You know, um, this the current cultural reckoning, uh, this, the, the conversations we are having now, these all give me tremendous hope. I mean, I just, it's undeniable. The future is bright. We're all going to be okay. Thank you so much, Samira. Thank you so I'm going to hand it back to you in studio. Wow, you know, I'm just sitting here on my little orange sofa and I felt like I was listening in to just like a beautiful conversation between friends. And as I'm, you know, so fond of both of you and so happy to see you kind of having the impact, you know, that just, thank you so much for being here today. That was really, really special. We've had a lot of questions come through from the audience, but Samira, I wanted to selfishly ask you one question because oh, as, as you started talking about the colorful life you lead and you know it made me think of canada Mm -hmm. and um, both you and i were born and raised in canada and i'm curious you know to what extent has your world view been shaped by growing up in a multicultural harmonious society like canada this is such a great question and it has been meant everything it has been um you know, it never occurred to me, Imran, that I couldn't participate. You know, it never occurred to me that I couldn't participate until I was in the room in my first job in the U.S. And I experienced racism for the first time in that sort of environment. And I kind of had this moment of like, oh, my God, I am not supposed to be here. And I think that Growing up in Canada was a huge blessing because it just wasn't a thing. It just wasn't a thing. I was aware of my differences, but it just wasn't a thing. Every, you know, and I grew up in a really white suburb outside of Montreal and it's still just, I don't know. It, I, it's, it's, you know, it's the, the way we're raised in Canada and the way we're taught about, about, you know, cultures and otherness. I think it's just, it's different. And so that was a huge, huge blessing for me. Um, because I wonder if had I grown up here, if I would have just stopped myself from even trying. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, f- I feel so, so much the same way that, you know, just being in a place like Canada, which admittedly, every country has its challenges and Canada has, you know, issues with the way we've treated Aboriginal Canadians for years. And it's not a perfect place, but in the grand scheme of things, um, I feel so grateful to have grown up yeah. there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you were talking about otherness being a superpower. Yeah. And one of our questions here is from Ivan in Singapore. And he's oh, wow. asking you, may you please explain how imperfection or otherness is a superpower? I'll give you both a chance to answer. But Samira, why don't you go first? Okay. Um, Thank you for that question. I just, I think that um, if you, if you have, if you've experienced otherness, it, you, you have to, on a very basic level, when you enter a room, you have to enter it differently. You have to find your way in. Um, If you've experienced otherness, um, you've had to develop other skills. Um, if you've experienced otherness, you are, you have a direct dial into humanity and to seeing people, really seeing people. And those are superpowers. My, my son has, um, significant 
learning differences. Um, and he will likely outgrow them. We don't know. But as I watch him grow, I realize that these are his superpowers. He, what he lacks in his ability to, when he speaks, he is so connected to people emotionally. He can walk into a room, look at someone and know if they're upset, happy, like he can read a room already. And I think that that will serve him later in life. He sees individuals. And so I think that instead of, you know, wanting to be like everyone, we should learn, and this is something that should be taught and celebrated, we should be celebrating people's differences because they are bringing something new to the table and to the conversation. And they are spidey senses. They are enabling us to uh, tap into something that is maybe not um, common. And it's a gift. Okay. Sinead, is there what anything would you, you would add? Gosh, uh, I would echo so much of what Samira says. And I completely agree when she talks about her son. We have such an, a routine of trying to fix people or trying to ask people to contort themselves into a mode that we have defined as the norm. And we shouldn't be requesting that. We should be encouraging people to say, don't change who you are in order to fit in. Let's change the world to fit you because we have designed the world to exist like this. Cultures and physical spaces are created and manifested in this way over time. As a disabled woman, I describe myself as organized, creative, and articulate. Mm -hmm. And those are three characteristics that are inextricably linked to my disability. Mm -hmm. I am an extroverted introvert, which means I'm actually at my most comfortable when I am quiet with a book on my own. The longer you get to know me, the quieter that I become. But my disability has made me be an extrovert or has given me permission to do so. I'm organized because inaccessibility is so much a part of my life that I spend all of my days wondering about the accessibility of that public bathroom or how will I get to that place, which means I map out my timeline in advance. I'm creative because I'm constantly problem solving in order to just do what you don't even think about. And articulate, I have spent my entire life asking for help. So it means that I can sit across from the editor-in-chief of Harper's Bazaar and have a conversation as if that's a totally normal thing to do, which it is not. But I wouldn't be able to do any of these things if I wasn't disabled. And I think exactly as Samira says, we have been so blinkered to the challenges of identity that we don't see the opportunities that exist with it. Okay. So, uh, Sinead, there's a, there's a specific question from Darcy... I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how to pronounce the surname, Darcy Surgisson in London. And Darcy asks, how would you suggest that brands can represent disability more accurately and widely in media and the fashion industry? How can casting agencies ensure that disability and diversity is repre represented without tokenism? Mm. I think this is such an important question. I think the pandemic has provided opportunities to think about accessibility and the inclusion of disabled people in a really meaningful way. There has been some successes in that, but few. How are we thinking about the creation of digital spaces and events through captioning, through including alt text, which is what those who are blind need to be able to interact with that content? For casting agents, I think it's really important that as we move forward, and this approach is important for the fashion industry as a whole, that we don't think about accommodating for disabled people within a specific capsule collection or specifically disability-focused agency, because in our attempts to be inclusionary, we're actually being othering, because we are saying that this is for you. Instead of realizing that the accommodations that disabled people require will actually have benefit for everybody. What can casting agents ask? They can ask about accessibility accommodations from the outset. They can provide 
details and guidelines on set so that those who have autism or those who have learning disabilities or those who have chronic illness or chronic disease can have the accommodations that they need in order to be themselves in those spaces. We can also create inclusion writers. So for example, if you are at a publication or a brand or an agency, you can say that we are going to divest our resources to ensure that 25% of our issues this year will include disabled people within them, be that visible or invisible disabilities. It is not good to say that we need mandates in order for progress to occur. But if we are going to wait until it is the right thing to do, or until people's awareness is nuanced enough to understand the variety that is required within this work on diversity, we're just going to be waiting too long. So I think there are small things we can do immediately. But as Samira so brilliantly said, progress doesn't happen overnight. Okay. Um, you know, just before your talk, uh, we showed the film, The Internship by my friend Aaron Christian. And Samira, you said that you started actually in the fashion industry as an intern. So I, there's two layers of this next question. One, what role do internships play now in the fashion industry and how do they maybe need to change from the time that maybe you started? And number two, there's a lot of people here asking, um, you know, what do, when you're hiring someone, Samira, what do you yeah. look for in a CV? What are you, what are you seeking to find? Um, okay, well, I'll start with the first question about internships. We have done away with them um, because of a lot of, uh, for many reasons. And I think um, what this whole climate and, and uh, moment has, has um, it has reignited the conversation around the need for internships. We need to create you know, to bring back internships and mentorship because that is a way to, you know, develop people and 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 it, it creates a hiring pool. Um, so I'm hoping and I'm very much looking forward to getting back to internships. I I believe they should be paid, or I believe they should be for credit. Were you paid? Um, nope, was not paid. No. Was not paid. Um, but what I don't believe should change about internships, and this could be very controversial, um, you know, I had to get coffee. I, I, I got dry cleaning. I, I did a lot of crappy things that, you know, I'm two degrees later, not sure, might be overqualified to be doing this right now. But you know what? Work ethic. It taught me things. I, you know, one minute was getting someone a cappuccino or picking up someone's dry cleaning, but the next minute I was on set watching an incredible photographer and editor work. So it's a trade-off and um, that experience was invaluable to me. And so I'm hoping we can get back to internships. Um, the question about resumes and CVs, I look for, um, I don't necessarily look for someone who has studied fashion or ha has a degree in any kind of, I, you know, I would, I, I love anyone who has studied history or art or just has um, a curiosity beyond the industry. Um, and for me, it's not so much the resume as it is the person when you meet them. Like, do you get that sense that they are hardworking, that they're curious, that they, you know, if I ask them, I usually ask them like, who are your favorite designers and photographers, that they, that they have an answer to that because they've studied and they, they have a sense of what the industry is about. Okay. Well, that's very good advice from two incredible women. Thank you so much for being with us today. 
Um, I hope to see you both in person sometime soon. But honestly, this felt like just sitting with you here. So I'm really grateful for your time. And uh, I wish you both an amazing holiday season if we don't get to speak before then. Thank you, Imran. And congratulations. This is such a success. All right. Thank you. Congratulations and thank you. Thank you, Sinead. Thanks, Samir. All right. Bye. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, give us a rating, and you might be interested in joining the Business of Fashion's global membership community, BOF Professional. Our members receive exclusive deep dive analysis, regular email briefings, as well as unlimited access to our archive of over 10,000 articles, our new iPhone app, learning materials from BOF Education. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef grade range recently, and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.